0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis-Newton here, as per usual, for the Cups and Cakes Network. And uh, today we have Apollo Ghosts on the show here to talk about their excellent new double record, Pink Tiger. Uh, it's an it's a double record in two parts. The first half of the record is kind of a more low-key, folksy half, and the second half goes into a more uh, studio-recorded, uh, all-out rockers. so... I talked to Adrian, uh, who is the lead songwriter for the band, a, a lot about how the record came together and how they settled on that concept. Along the way, we talk about uh, his teaching career and uh, and we talk about probably the greatest model name ever for a first car, the Le Car. Of course, there is some foul language in this episode, so listener beware. And uh, you can always find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content, over on the Cups and Cakes Network website. That's CupsInCakesPod.com. One more time for everybody in the back. That's Cups, the letter N, CakesPod.com. Here's Adrian from Apollo Ghosts.
1: Yeah, sure. My name's Adrian, uh, and I play in a band called Apollo Ghosts here in Vancouver, BC.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, This is, of course, Inside the Artist Studio. Uh, We're going to start off here with a little rapid-fire section, then move in talk a whole bunch about Pink Tiger, the brand-new record that you guys have out. And, uh, oh, sorry, somebody keeps calling me here. And then... uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, so, without any further ado, we'll uh, we'll dive into the into the rapid fire. Sounds great. Perfect. Is there a specialty dish that you cook or bake that uh, that makes people think
1: of you? <laughs> I've been known to make uh, apple crisp for uh, for work.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: That's <laughs> kind of yeah, apple crisp easy. Just some apples, a few oats, a little brown sugar. A lot of butter, you're good to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is is that something that you grew up uh, eating, or or that was like around the house?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, mom, mom definitely would have been uh, making the crisp back in the day. And uh, yes, my 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 family had a, a few apple trees, and so you know, take those those bucket of windfalls and turn them into something good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, is uh, do you prefer tea or coffee?
1: I'm drinking tea right now. I, I I was a definitely a coffee addict uh, for a long time, in the teaching trenches. kept you kept you moving, but now I've switched to tea. Maybe like five years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little less, a little less uh, juice in there. You know, like keeps you keeps you up, but not too up.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like coffee. I I just started drinking coffee maybe like a year ago now, but uh oh. <laughs> I, I feel like coffee in some way feels uh narcotic adjacent, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely.
0: And yeah, uh, it's uh,
1: yeah. Tea, dangerous.
0: Tea feels pretty calming. I think for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's it's a chill
0: vibe. Yeah. Uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had?
1: The weirdest job. Uh, I was a I I. When I was putting myself through college there um, I, uh, I I, I kind of joined like a, <laughs> like a company called manpower so it was basically like odd jobs uh, and so they would just call you with these these very random random jobs for the day and one of them was at this really fancy uh, clothing store in downtown Vancouver and I had to work in the like subterranean area, moving boxes around, and that was pretty weird. Yeah, like to sort of like the juxtaposition of like the upstairs people all coiffed and and beautiful and you know covered in makeup, and then downstairs in the trenches with like all of us just kind of like yeah moving boxes around, and oh, it was horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah.
0: What What did yeah, you uh, was... What did you go to school for?
1: Uh, I went to school, I I, I started, uh, you know, in my 20s just doing like a a general BA in English and then, uh, yeah, I came back and did a teaching degree later. Gotcha. Did you you
0: end up teaching for like a pretty good length of time or?
1: Oh yeah, I still, yeah, it's my my job. So yeah, I've been teaching for almost 15 years now, yeah.
0: Oh, nice. I I come from like a, a long line of teachers myself. Like I... Oh really? Oh great! Yeah, I always laugh. Like my parents are divorced and remarried, and all four of them are teachers in some uh, oh really in some way. <laughs> mm. Yeah, a couple at a university, and okay. then a Couple elementary high school. Uh, oh, that's teachers, cool. So,
1: well, awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: what's the first car you ever owned?
1: I had a uh, I had a a look car like uh, a French <laughs> French car that I purchased. I don't. I purchased it off my uncle's dad and uh he had like no thumbs like from the, he had worked in the mill and so you know he was just like trying to sell this rusty old la car <laughs> and uh yeah i bought it for i think 600 bucks and uh it was yeah the worst car you could imagine like <laughs> yeah like <laughs> filled the you know filled filled the uh you know car with exhaust and uh window fell off and tires <laughs> flew off like was basically like made out of like, <laughs> like like paper you know like just a terrible car
0: yeah what what uh yeah. what, I mean I imagine it didn't keep going for too long but what uh, what happened to it
1: uh eventually it got stolen uh it rolled down actually it rolled down a hill and then some teens found it and just like basically beat the crap out of it and yeah it <laughs> just yeah it was it was the nightmare car yeah and it was called Le car like the car
0: is that like it's an actual a, Brand or like a model? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Renault, like uh, the Renault brand, French French uh, car maker. I don't know how it <laughs> how it got to Nanaimo, BC. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, weird weird little car.
0: <laughs> if you could, uh, if you could book a show with, uh, let's just say, uh, th- three bands that you and you get oh. to book them at a club that you really like, and, and give yourself a ticket to go see them, uh, what wow. uh, what kind of show would you put together?
1: Wow, so are, can they be bands that exist, uh, or do they have to still exist, or do, can it be any? You
0: know, if you've got some in mind for any band, then then go for it. But uh, I know that that is also a lot of bands to pick from. So,
1: yeah, oh, totally. Okay, we uh, we would be the the openers, and uh, we'd I'd get uh, Beverly Beverly Glenn Copeland on there on the bill. I'd get uh, probably uh, the Clean and. Uh, uh maybe like headlining would be uh I don't know, like Silver Silver Jews, maybe?
0: Yeah, yeah. I Yeah. I, I became a, a huge Silver Jews fan over the pandemic. I I wasn't really mm-hmm. familiar with much of that stuff and then uh Right. I guess a right. little bit before the pandemic when that Purple Mountains record came out. Yeah. But uh Yeah, that's a that's I feel like it's a wise choice to put yourself as an opener on that bill because then you get the advantage of kind of <laughs> getting to like you know, uh, hang out a little bit.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, we, yeah, no, no competition there. I would just be totally fanning out on all those, all those artists. And, uh, yeah.
0: Have, have you gotten to be on some bills like that where you're playing with people that you appreciate the opportunity to really kind of pick their brain a little bit?
1: Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's like, like half the reason I do this is to try <laughs> and get closer to heroes for sure. Um, yeah, we've, we, um, We've toured a few times with Julie Duran, um, and she's you know definitely one of my musical heroes and and songwriting heroes. Um, so yeah, the the times that that's happened have, have been you know pretty special. And um, we uh, we got to uh, tour with uh, Wolf Parade and and Japan Droids. Um, oh yeah, and that was that that was really fun. Um, um, yeah, like yeah, I've just met lots of amazing. I played with the New Pornographers once uh, a couple of times. Oh, that was really fun. Damn. Yeah. Is, is
0: Are there things that you have taken out of those experiences that you kind of carry forward into other shows, like things that you've learned or, or uh, ways that you look at kind of what you do?
1: I think it maybe just like, you know, it's very humbling and you you in terms of like how like crap your own band is compared <laughs> to like, you know, like pro bands, you know, it's so you sort of go, "Oh wow, this is, you know, I I'm definitely not on this level of, you know, musicianship or or even just like seeing the inner workings of the music beast and, and industry is really fascinating too." Like, yeah, I just being like, whoa! I don't know if I really want to be a part of this. Like, <laughs> this is so bizarre, and I I feel bad for what happens here. And yeah, so it yeah, it's pretty fascinating, um, but also yeah, very humbling because you know you really realize your your limitations as as an artist, as a musician, or whatever <laughs> when you see the pros. <laughs> uh,
0: is there a social media account that you like to follow that that brings you some joy when you when you scroll past it? Uh like for
1: music- musicians or anybody. Just,
0: just for anything, you know. Some some fun animals or or anything in that oh. vein.
1: Yeah. Um who does it well? I think like Phil Alvram's a really fun uh t- tweeter. He tweets some pretty great great things. Um and of course love his music. Um yeah, Yola Tango have a pretty funny Instagram. Um but yeah, in terms of like do I follow like I don't know. It's usually just random stuff that I'm like, "How did this pop up in my Twitter?" <laughs> or yeah, like, and I laugh and you know, click on it. Um, yeah, there's 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 one called I think it's called like club photos gone wrong or some something. Basically, it's like every day they post like a picture of somebody in in a in a club, like in a very precarious situation or like in a like a, some sort of funny picture. I I really I really like those. I don't know how they keep popping up in my feed, but um yeah
0: yeah it, it's funny i don't follow that account but oh, okay. they very consistently show up in my in my feed mm-hmm.
1: yeah okay so it's not just me okay yeah
0: i i don't know why like i yeah. have no clue because normally with twitter you know you get something that's like uh this person that you follow liked this yeah. photo or something and those don't yeah, exactly. ever have it it's
1: just no s- somehow they show up yeah, maybe it's like if you click on it once, then it just remembers or something. I don't know, but yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, do you prefer sports, board games, or video games?
1: Uh, I'll go board games. I've been, I've been just. I got really into chess during the pandemic. Um, you know, played it a little bit as a kid, but um, yeah, just like so into it. Um, play it online, but um, yeah. Just love love chess. So yeah what what
0: what is it about chess that kind of pulled you in? Do you think like what was the appeal? Um,
1: I think it's it's like a game that's not based on chance at all. Like it's obviously it's just pure skill. Yeah yeah. And um, it feels like it's it's kind of has that element of you know competition, um, kind of like a little bit of fighting, a little bit of strategy or a lot of strategy, obviously. And then um, it's fun to play people all over the world it's fun to sort of enter tournaments um it's it's fun to get completely destroyed by like you know somebody in greece or whatever (laughs) you know like you don't know and you're just like how did that happen or you know try to beat trying to beat the robots like the ai bots like they're so hard and i don't know i just find it like you know it's just so open ended and and just like the more you play you're like i have i am so bad at this you know like <laughs> just like music too right yeah. like it just seems limitless and endless and like the things you can learn and so yeah it's a really beautiful game
0: yeah i think there's something kind of fascinating about like um e- even in the video game world right like going mm-hmm. and playing something where um people are so so good that you just there's nothing you can do. No. And it's like you can't do that all the time because it is like it's very frustrating after a certain yeah. amount of time, but Yeah, totally. That's uh I think definitely to maybe easier to appreciate that level of skill when you're not like you know, uh, playing Super Smash Brothers when it's like chess, <laughs> it's a little bit like yeah. it seems a bit more refined
1: somehow yeah exactly yeah totally
0: uh do you have a hobby or pastime that you either uh surprised yourself by getting into or that that people are surprised that you are uh are passionate about
1: um i think yeah the chess one for sure like that's just sort of a, a recent one that uh i've been really into but i've also been i'm really into um been getting into sort of like editing video like just like we did a lot of music videos like the band this this round and uh i just find it really fun to to edit edit video like i don't know why i like it so much but it's, it's just yeah it's it's a lot of fun taking visuals and trying to make some sort of story or coherent thing yeah
0: yeah i, I mean i think you get into a lot of the same kind of like um i'll call it like M- metaphorical thinking and like rhythm and stuff that that you do with music especially um mm-hmm. you know if you're working in like pro tools or or logic or whatever it's a pretty similar workflow to dealing with video
1: right yeah no totally
0: is, is that something you had done much before
1: this or a, a, a little bit but um yeah i just kind of like really went to town with it on this album and like wanted to um yeah just make a lot of videos and I just find it really satisfying. Like, I don't have any like crazy programs. I just use like iMovie on the the computer. But um, yeah, just it's just it's just it's it's fun to, yeah, try and create make someone laugh or or make someone feel something through like manipulating visuals. I don't know, it's, yeah.
0: Well, we got uh, we got two rapid fire questions left. Uh, is okay. is there an album that uh, spurred your love of music?
1: Uh, I would say, yeah, there, I mean, my dad had a, you know, a record, vinyl record collection, um, not, not a, you know, extensive one, but like pretty, pretty good stuff. So I think, um, there was this band called the, the, the Wailers, not Bob Marley's band, the Wailers, but like this Pacific Northwest garage rock band called the Wailers. Yeah, yeah. And they had a song or an album, I guess, of singles called Tall Cool One, which was like, i remember pretty early on being like pretty captivated by um and that was yeah like it was it's like kind of like weird garagey rock early rock and roll kind of stuff and uh yeah i would say that album for sure
0: yeah do you come back to that record ever is that something that's still kind of
1: i have yeah i do ha- i i stole it from my dad when i left <laughs> home and i you know I'll, I'll jump back to it once in a while um yeah, I don't know. Early, like maybe like um, the ZZ Top Eliminator too. I remember that being pretty big in my early listening. <laughs> <life>. <laughs> pretty great album. Yeah, yeah. Do
0: you, do you find uh, as you get older that you have a lot of like similar taste
1: to what your parents would have played around the house when you were young? Um I don't think so. I I mean my, my 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 dad was mostly the the music person and he was he was really into like sort of yeah like cl- classic rock and like mostly blues records like delta blues and stuff like that and um so I but I I, I think I I definitely like ventured out into like you know d- deeper deeper waters in terms of my music tastes but yeah um, yeah they created a, a nice a nice foundation for sure like just you know the bob dylans and the joni mitchells and you know uh, you know all the blues blues stuff was really foundational i think and cool
0: yeah did, did your dad play music or, or or were you kind of the first to uh, to pick that up in your family
1: yeah yeah my dad my dad played a little bit of guitar sort of like uh you know uh you know uh, had an acoustic Guitar gathering dust in the corner of the house, of the house kind of deal, you know. Like yeah, yeah. played it a bit, bit in the sixties, and then just kind of tucked it away. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would say that yeah, there was really no, no precedent. Like we don't, our, our family was, both sides were not, not at all musical, really. So yeah, kind of weird.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like it's always strange. Again, like uh, my parents are teachers; they're all music teachers. Mm-hmm too oh wow okay so like um it was something that was very very present to the extent that I always assume that that's you know just how things are right right yeah but uh yeah I guess uh, I know this is probably getting a little bit into side two of this conversation but like what uh, yeah what was it that made you actually want to start playing if that makes sense
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just, yeah, like seeing that guitar there gathering dust and, uh, yeah, just really loving the, the records that, you know, my dad would play, um, when we'd go camping and stuff, he'd, you know, dub them down onto cassette and like, you know, it's, it was just always just music surrounded by music, you know, like in those sort of, you know, pristine childhood moments of, you know, like driving through Oregon and finding a campsite or whatever. And, um so yeah i just i don't know i was just really gravitated towards uh the guitar that my dad had on the wall and uh and then yeah having like you know like a cassette tape player and being able to kind of sing into it and yeah yeah and make and make noise and record the tv and record yourself singing along to a song that you, you saw on tv and then it just kind of i don't know built and then i asked uh if i could take guitar lessons when i was about 10 and they said okay and um so yeah so just kind of i don't know why but yeah i was just kind of drawn to the drawn to the guitar yeah
0: yeah well uh very last question then um are there any uh are there any bands or artists in your neck of the woods that are uh we'll say uh up-and-comers or or underappreciated that you want to you want to give a shout out to and tell people to check out
1: Oh, sure. Um, you know, Vancouver is a real hotbed for uh, fantastic uh, music. And we're kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of isolated by the mountains and stuff. And, you know, we're not, you know, central, like Toronto, getting all, all this sort of attention. So, um, yeah, there there is a lot of um, fantastic bands uh, in Vancouver that, you know, <laughs> sort of go unnoticed. But, uh, you know, I I'd be hard pressed to to list them all, but you know, like bands like uh, Devours, I think, are really fantastic. And um, there's um, there's a new new band, uh, I think they're called Anodyne. Anodyne, I just saw pop up in my feed. Okay. Um, yeah, really really cool kind of country rock stuff. Um, of course, we know we've got well, like Woolworm and and Dumb, and there's just so many. Like I yeah, just just so many. <laughs> bands in in town that uh, uh, you I'm, I'm starting you know to I have to really keep up because uh, you know they're just they always pop up and and start playing at places like Redgate and stuff the yeah yeah it's it's uh it's amazing
0: well yeah we'll uh we'll shift on over to uh part two then of the interview here um sure. I, I guess uh, I I always feel the need to kind of check in with people about just like you know, COVID and, and how how you have fared throughout that. Hope, hopefully this conversation topic disappears promptly, but... Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, not, not yet, it seems. So uh, yeah, I guess, no. I guess uh, how how have you and how has Apollo Ghosts kind of fared throughout that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we're all, you know, pretty... Uh, uh, careful people and and wanted to stay safe so like the first you know year so whatever march 2020 to basically the summer of 2021 we really didn't well we didn't play together at all like we stopped rehearsing and um so that's so in terms of the pandemic that sort of allowed us to um sort of do some more home recording and uh so we sort of got busy with that and and recorded like the first half of this current record um sort of remotely which which is really really fun actually it was really a neat way to do it um in terms of just our own health and well-being like we've we've all had covid despite you know like <laughs> uh, we all are all va- all vaccinated and stuff and yeah but we we got it we all got it you know separately and stuff and so you know as we enter into this new time uh, you know and things are starting to to reopen we're feeling pretty great and uh We've played a couple of shows now and and stuff, so yeah, feeling really really positive about sort of how things are, are going in the pandemic and and hoping that yeah we can stay safe and yeah and do our do our tours yeah
0: do, do you, yeah I was gonna say do you guys have some tours kind of on the books then.
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah, we we're going to be touring uh, a good chunk of Canada in in July, and and uh, then in August we're going to go to the UK to play uh, do a tour as well.
0: Oh, awesome!
1: I I assume yeah, yeah you've you've
0: probably been out that way many times, but uh, what what do you, I guess what do you think is interesting of, as a like a Canadian band going to the UK? Is there like what what kind of audiences even show up to that stuff out there? Like.
1: Yeah, well, this will be our first time actually playing abroad. We've never, oh, okay. um, we've only ever, yeah, yeah, we've never, we've only ever toured in uh, North America. So, um, yeah, very excited. I, I have, really have no idea. I've heard, you I know, mean, I've heard good things about Europe. Like, uh, you know, certainly heard from friends and stuff that it's, it, you know, they sort of treat musicians really well. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, but UK, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it might be. You know, comparable to to here in terms of shows, and and so far, um, uh, booking and stuff has gone really well. And um, but yeah, very excited to to play there.
0: So we'll we'll kind of uh, travel back in time here, then a
1: little bit. Um, did did you grow up in Vancouver, or uh, I grew up on uh, Vancouver Island, so sort of in um, Nanaimo area and Campbell River area. Okay. Yeah,
0: As I, I'm loosely familiar with Campbell River, but I I suspect yeah. when you say around that area, um, yeah, you were kind of between towns or between places a little bit, or
1: uh, yeah, no, I lived well, I lived a little bit outside of Campbell River, like maybe you know ten minutes, uh, not outside of town, but like sort of more near the mill, but um, yeah, no, it was the uh, you know those were the kind of the teen years. Um, notable other uh musicians from there would be the that band the unicorns do you remember that
0: absolutely band? yeah uh,
1: yeah so nick uh, well alden lived up the street from me and and nick was at my high school and stuff and um yeah so you know there were there was a, a bit of a scene there i was a bit <laughs> older than those guys yeah but I, used, I used to see them like busk, busking and causing a ruckus you know downtown and
0: what uh yeah. w- what kind of town is it like I-, I know you've mentioned the mill a couple times is yeah it like is that kind of uh, the town mm. is pretty dominated by that industry or
1: it was yeah I don't know so much anymore uh, but yeah it was you know a classic mill town like just kind of rough and tumble lots of trucks um, you know uh, 30,000 people kind of thing yeah um, yeah, just, you know, sort of set in an idyllic kind of like on the on the, you know, ocean um you know, uh yeah, just working class kind of zone on the island. Yeah.
0: I'm always kinda interested just uh I, I grew up in, in a small ish town in Saskatchewan, about fifteen thousand oh, yeah. people. Okay. And uh if you were to walk into kind of any given bar or or any given restaurant on any night even yeah. there's a good chance that the music that you would hear playing is is country music right
1: yeah and just because
0: yeah. that's so identified with like prairie culture for right. whatever reason right uh right what is like is 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 there like a type of music that
1: you associate with that part of the
0: world with with
1: Campbell river Oh, I mean, you know, Shania T- Twain would have been bumping there too. Uh, yeah, definitely remember having to learn line dancing, and uh, so yeah, definitely a huge country influence. But there was a cool—I think there was a, like there was a pretty cool like local radio station that I remember sort of playing, you know, like classic seventies Can con. Um, so you know, it wasn't all bad, but yeah, it was. You know, it wasn't like a progressive place like we just played smithers and uh that felt like like sort of an oasis like there was a k- campus radio sort of station there and there was like you know lots of like cool like hippie progressive types living there so but yeah, yeah. i don't think really, really had that at all so um
0: <laughs> yeah so when when you started playing guitar did you start playing in in bands first or or did you start writing your own stuff uh
1: what what kind of came first i i started with, yeah maybe recording first like i started i, I always I, I really wanted to play with other people but I, I was too shy and and didn't really know how to sort of uh you know get into any kind of a scene or i was a little bit scared of kind of like punk bands and and like local show you know like a cool like Vancouver punk band would come to town but I I would be too scared to go so I I just kind of tucked myself away in the basement and like had a four track in fact I think it was Alden's four track he had sold it to uh the music plant in Campbell River and I bought it and so I I um yeah I just kind of mucking around with with tapes and trying to copy songs I, I saw in the wedge or whatever and um yeah, so just started. I, I didn't start actually playing in bands until my later twenties. Okay. Yeah are, are are you still pretty shy? Is that something that's
0: kind of followed you to uh, to whatever age you are now?
1: I think I've, I think I've I've outgrown it a bit. I think I'm better than I used to be for sure. Yeah, I uh, but I, I I still am a bit shy around like kind of new people. Um, but uh, yeah, I I was pretty shy like growing up like uh, especially in my teens because i was uh, i had to move towns and i sort of lost all my friends gotcha and, um so yeah i had some some <laughs> the, the teen years were rough <laughs> like for most people they're rough yeah but, yeah but uh yeah growing up in a you know small mill town and no friends is you know maybe that's where all the hit all the good songs are coming from i don't know but yeah <laughs> uh all the but yeah no i'm not i'm not as bad as i i was yeah music's helped a lot with
0: yeah that. yeah for sure yeah i, I always yeah. kind of wonder about that just because i'm you know fairly shy as well and right i think right right part of being in music or, or being in the arts in any kind of way is is learning how to like meet people and socialize and, and make those connections like i i, right, I never right. want to say uh oh, what's what's the word uh, network or, or things like that right right right, like right. Those are kind of yeah, dirty yeah. words. but right right um yeah what w- what do you find is is the way that you um kind of most consistently end up meeting people that you enjoy talking to in that world
1: um yeah i i think uh like on being on stage i i actually feel quite comfortable like i don't i don't uh, find that sort of nerve-wracking at all but I, I do find like sort of maybe coming off the stage and then sort of talking to people after a little bit more nerve-wracking but um, I think I mean you can't really do this if you're not a social person you know like I, I really do I, I really do love meeting new people and and uh, and music's just been such a catalyst for that and and sort of especially like touring and and so yeah yeah um, yeah, it's just a, a great connector. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I think of all the places, you know, across Canada and the U.S. where, you know, we have little pockets of friends. And, um, yeah, it's just invaluable, you know.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. when did Apollo Ghost start to kind of come together in earnest?
1: I want to say, like, maybe and uh seven or eight uh was uh had been living abroad for a while and then sort of came back to town with some some tunes and uh yeah i basically got um my friend jay to jump on the bass and then amanda to jump jump on the drums she had never played drums before and uh um yeah just kind of took off from there and and we started playing shows and uh, started going really well, and yeah yeah so yeah. where where were you abroad Oh uh, living in um uh, Czech republic for a while and then and then lived in Korea for a while too
0: okay what what yeah. uh what was the motivation i guess behind that experience?
1: Uh, I wanted to just see the world and travel and um yeah teaching uh allowed allowed me to do that and uh, pay the way pay the bills and uh yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it's just a, such an opportunity. Um, yeah, it was really, really fun.
0: So uh, let's uh, let's talk about Pink Tiger here a, a good bit too. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a double record. Um, yeah. My understanding is that there is some kind of conceptual framework tying the kind of two halves of the record together. Um, yeah, I don't know if you could just maybe, I guess, speak a little bit to what, what uh what that kind of concept is
1: yeah sure yeah um yeah so we recorded like i said the uh, first half of it sort of the quieter sort of maybe uh, folkier sort of stuff uh at home and sort of yeah taught taught myself how to record better bought some better equipment and um yeah just kind of plugged away at it for about a year and then um we always joked like on tour we used to listen to a lot was um that album tusk by fleetwood mac okay yeah and and our our bass player robbie just loved that record so much and we were always we always kind of joke like oh what if we made a a double record like this like super ambitious like coked out 70s like (laughs) idea of like wow we're gonna you know, like something really pretentious like that. Like, just like I think at the time, it was like the, the most expensive record ever made, and like it was partially home recorded and partially like recorded in big studios. And like, it just like, and then it totally, I think, flopped <laughs> uh, by their standards. Yeah. So we just kind of, kind of, you know, like listened to that record, and it's an incredible record. And and so we we jo- always joked about like we will do one day we'll do a, a double record, and then um, I think just like yeah like the idea of like you know for lack of a better word like a local band or whatever um, just doing this just seems so ridiculous and uh, f- funny that that <laughs> we uh, just decided to do it and so we recorded the other half of the, s- the songs at a studio yeah a- and uh, just kind of mashed them together and I don't know I just I think it just kind of worked it was just kind of fun to think of like having an album that you could sort of play like in the quieter moments of your life like you know sunday making breakfast you just want to listen to sort of like this quiet music and then you know maybe another time you want to listen to something more upbeat and then you throw on the other one um i don't know i mean i always love like melancholy and the infinite sadness that record yeah yeah that just like again like that ridiculous like sort of like especially in this era of like streaming and stuff like it makes zero sense to to press a double record and like <laughs> have people expect to listen to like this like conceptual thing but um
0: i don't know yeah so so what is like the 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 writing and and collaborative process around that look like for you guys in terms of actually kind of getting the skeleton of the song and then arranging everybody's parts over top of that
1: uh yeah um i you know i usually mumble some terrible demo into my phone or onto uh logic and then you know it's uh, maybe i'll go to the space by myself and just try and arrange something half decent and then you know bring it to a a jam and then you know if they're not giving me too many side eyes like (laughs) (laughs) While while I'm showing, then it's like, okay, well, maybe we can try and record this. And then usually, you know, the bandmates add their own sort of flavor on what I've sort of brought them. And then, yeah, next thing you know, it's, uh, yeah, being uh, either recorded at a studio or by me. And then, yeah, like uploaded to Bandcamp and watching, you know, the sad level of plays on it (laughs) (laughs) so that's the usual trajectory yeah
0: yeah glad glad it's not just me
1: Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly um in in the actual like production process then i mean i know this record was a little bit different because such significant portions of it were home recorded but um, yeah uh do you like to be like fairly involved in in like with a normal record in in production and the recording and and that side of things or do you like to kind of pawn that job off to
1: yeah yeah in the past it, it's mostly been pawned off uh we've usually worked with uh Jace, the uh, uh studio called jcdc which is uh john collins and dave car as well and uh just they're awesome uh friends and um people and incredible you know professional song or sorry uh, engineers um so yeah dave did end up mixing this record but um yeah i've just been increasingly more interested in like recording the last sort of you know five ten years or five years and uh yeah i kind of i want to learn more about it i, I think i'm okay at it but uh it's again like it's just such an infinite process, and, and like the the gear, and the, like sometimes I I don't I don't like thinking about it, and I, I I I I do like to just work on the music part, but other times, yeah, it is kind of part and parcel, and kind of fun to get into. So,
0: yeah, I'm always curious when people do like home recording stuff if they in, mm-hmm. enjoy the side of it that's like, um. You know, EQing it's in certain ranges and applying certain amounts of compression to make things stick. Or if it's more, right? You know, I love just laying down twenty tracks and you know adding yeah. sounds together. And like if it's the kind of production component or the the, the technical yeah. component, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't polish a turd. You know, like it's like <laughs> I, I have that you know i've played that game and like you know it's like oh maybe if i add this or that and it's like no it's just the song sucks so i try to always yes yeah, the bedrock has to be a decent for me anyway it yeah. has to be like a, de- a decent melody or a decent lyric or um and then the but the production stuff is interesting and it, it is it is fun like i totally like i totally get what you're saying like I, I i geek out on all that stuff too but um Maybe one day I'd like to. I don't know if you've done this, but like take a class on like how to record better. I'd I'd love to. Maybe when I you know retire or something, yeah, yeah. I'll like go go to recording school and. You know it, it's <laughs> funny.
0: I uh, I was at McEwen uh, University here in Edmonton. They they have like a jazz oh, yeah. program, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In my time there, they started the uh, the first recording major in in Canada. So oh? that is actually oh, that wow. is exactly what I did for school. Oh oh, very cool. Oh, wow. Um, That's awesome. But uh, yeah, did you, do you find yourself with, uh, like when you are starting to put together a record like this, um, mm-hmm. do you write more than you need and then end up discarding a lot of material or do you kind of tend to find ways to make stuff work?
1: Yeah, I think um, there was a little bit of material left over from this one. Not much. Um, usually I use the bulk of what what I've been writing in that moment. Like, you know, maybe if there was, like, on this particular album I think there's 22 tracks so maybe there's there was like I don't know 26 or 27 songs gotcha um but yeah um I'm, I'm not yeah I mean I wish I had that kind of stamina to write like yeah, like like 150 songs or something you know like like Rivers Cuomo or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like you know like 10,000 songs in a day or whatever but yeah I <laughs> I yeah I i uh, I definitely not that style but
0: yeah, what what is your what is your um, kind of workflow like with that? Then, like, do you sit down to write every day, or or do you uh,
1: kind of? sit? Oh yeah, I wish, I wish. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's totally random. Yeah, like uh, sometimes, you know, it, it. I know it's coming to an end when the you know uh the yellow lined paper pad comes out and it's like okay we got to we got to really finish this but <laughs> typically yeah it's just you know it's just like an acoustic guitar and 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 or the piano or something and then yeah it just I, i'll I'll carry around like these semi completed songs and then um yeah chuck them to the band but i i don't know there are moments too where i i do sit myself down and really F- try to finish things yeah yeah but uh but uh, I, f- I always feel like yeah like maybe you feel this way too but like the you know the best songs always come pretty quickly and like they just kind of yeah tumble out and so i try to avoid working on songs that just don't seem to be working i just usually i, sh- I trash them
0: yeah i i think i've always kind of had a bad habit of uh being convinced that I can kind of you know beat a song into submission a
1: little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Because I I think part of what's interesting about that is is oftentimes, um, you know, part of a song comes very fast, and then it's just like you just can't yeah. like the there is just no chorus. For example, right, or like, right, right. Um, and so it's hard because you don't want to throw that stuff away because it's like well, but this this yeah. part's really good
1: yeah and that's what the the shit can is for it i just have you know tons of tunes in the shit can and then sometimes i'll i'll go back and just oh this part would fit in this song so then you can kind of steal from yourself and right yeah yeah know, re- recycle songs and yeah
0: well yeah let's uh as, as we're getting to the end here let's uh let's maybe pick a pick a song off of pink tiger and we'll chat about it a little bit more and then uh play it at the end of the at the end of the show is is there a song that you would uh want to chat about a little bit
1: uh, sure, we can do uh we could do uh Spilling Your Guts. I think that's a fun one. It's really fun to play. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: So Spilling Your Guts kind of kicks off the second side of yep. the record more or less, right? Yep. What uh what do you think makes it like a good introduction to that second part?
1: Um yeah, it's like, you know, classic Drop D uh <laughs> <laughs> uh it's uh it's i think the first time i've ever well not maybe the first time but one of the only times that i've used a distortion pedal so that was pretty fun okay Yeah, i kind of gave it a bit more of a crunch um so usually we don't really use any effects on our guitars but uh um what else i don't know it just has like a like a lazy groove that i like you know like just kind of it, it it's not like you know it's it's not ripping but it's it's it just has a good push forward kind of a a feel and um yeah i don't know yeah it's got a good sort of sad guitar solo in (laughs) in there like what, what, what what
0: do you remember about about writing this one like when when did it kind of come about in the uh
1: you know however long you were writing the record for yeah, I think I can't really remember, but I think it was I think I was at the just at the jam space by myself and, you know, uh goofing around, dropping tunings, trying different tunings and then I just kind of hit hit the opening riff and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." And then I used like a little Uh, If I'm by myself, I have this little looper pedal, so then I just put it on loop, and then I jump on the drums, and, oh, that's cool, and then added a bass part, and then I was like, oh, this is actually really fun, and just kind of grabbed me right away, and so I I locked it into the phone and showed the the band, and they were into it, and then, yeah, it came pretty quickly, that one, yeah.
0: Always a good sign.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, where you're like, oh, this is pretty much done, and, yeah, it feels good, and, yeah, so...
0: In, in terms, yeah. in terms of the actual recording process, then for this record, like, yeah, um, is I I will often uh, end up tracking the first song first on things. Oh I, yeah, I'm kind of curious yeah, yeah. if you ended up kind of working on this song to get the production kind of uh, you know uh, tuned into exactly where you wanted it for kind of the back half of the record um yeah or if or if again uh you know i I guess part of this comes down to a track listing question too about like Mm -hmm. um how much you have stuff like that in mind when you're in the process of writing and
1: recording or if that kind of all comes later yeah i think uh initially we didn't really know if we were gonna do like uh you know um the record in the way that we did it so like I, I thought initially maybe I would do like sort of like the rock songs and the quieter songs all mixed together. Yeah, but then um, but then I tried doing a track listing. Yeah, this idea where I was like, oh no, we'll do one album sort of quieter and one louder, and then I I knew right away that that song it just it was my favorite song from that from that sort of like a more upbeat material, and I was just like, no, this is like the single. This feels like the this the this feels like the kind of counterpoint to the other side and yeah i don't know it just sort of felt felt right yeah yeah
0: well uh we're gonna listen to a song here then called uh spill your guts from pink tiger uh which uh, released on uh the uh, excellent you've changed records so uh uh yeah th- thanks again so much for chatting it was uh, it was really fun to talk
1: yeah i really appreciate it thanks for the opportunity
0: inside the artist studio is produced by sean davis newton for the cups and cakes network the featured track spilling your guts was played with permission from apollo ghosts thanks to laundry week for the use of their song nothing on my mind from the grimpy ep as our intro and outro music inside the artist studio is one of the many ways the cups and cakes network highlights canadian music visit our website cups and cakes pod to browse our audio video and written content That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.